three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Well, thanks. That was the uh, Chichester scriptwriters. I went down to the Chichester University and uh, got them all to shout that. I was there for another reason, Danny. I wasn't just there getting annoyed people for the podcast. You're right, okay. Um, but we wanted to use that because, um, first of all, they've got a good good bit of work they're doing down there, and it's nice to reflect on that. But secondly, you know, I wasn't doing writing. I was doing a talk, and that's almost the topic of what we're looking at today. Yes, indeed. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Danny Stack. He's Tim Clegg. Yes. Uh, and we've been doing this UK Scriptwriters podcast for the last few months now, and this is episode four. Uh, so, it's a special one, uh, just prior to the London Screenwriters Festival, which is this weekend. So, we thought we'd uh, do a podcast about being proactive and getting out there as a screenwriter. And yeah, it's a kind of a sideways look. Yeah. Because last three ones, we've gone down very traditional route. What I mean by that is we're looking at the craft of writing, we're looking at what other people are writing and we're discussing it and we're thinking about ourselves and getting better. Yeah. Obviously, we've got the, as you say, we've got the festival coming up. All that good stuff's going to be going on there. We're going to be overwhelmed with that. Yeah, we'll talk about that next month. So we this, this time, we're looking at things 90 degrees different. Yeah. What else could we be doing as writers that isn't script writing and how even with your best intentions you can get pulled left right and center yeah and uh go backwards while you're going forwards yeah and that's come about because i was thinking about what i've been super busy so we're a bit late with the podcast people have been annoying danny on the twitter rooney because they've been like where's the podcast and it's been my fault because I've been working quite hard. I've got two or three projects that are all going on at the same time. I'm so busy, I haven't been able to edit up Mr. Vista, so I'm sorry about that as well. So I've got all these sort of projects I should be doing, personal ones that are put to one side, while, you know, the money's coming in, yeah. which is great to have the, <laughs> great to have the money coming what in. What Tim is saying, basically, is that he's been busy doing nothing. <laughs> in the in the in the screenwriting t- in the screen yeah <laughs> but this is why we're talking about yeah. because i haven't because i've been using my writing energy in constructing corporate videos doing talks about writing i've been to the uh been to chichester as you as you know we're yeah. doing a couple of writing gigs at the uh festival you know talk talking you know discussion panels there um i've been doing two bits of um large corporate uh, work and I've done three videos for people that are on YouTube Um, so it's all bringing in the beans plus I went to a talk run by the guy that that runs the TED conference you know TED conference so he was giving a talk so that was sort of fueling my brain cells anyway all that's going on and what I realized yeah as I had to admit to you in shame (laughs) in shame my writing colleague was I haven't actually opened uh, Final Draft and done proper 12-point career writing mm. since last podcast. Yeah. So if you're a writer by the fact that you write, I'm not a writer this month. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing other types of writing and I've been doing other types of storytelling. Yeah. But I haven't actually been doing linear script plays. No. Well, that can't happen, can't it? I mean, um, for those who don't really know a lot about us anyway... Uh, we're two modestly successful screenwriters in that we've kind of written stuff and done stuff you might have actually seen or heard of. Um, so similar to Tim, I've been in a kind of same situation 
because I've been being caught up with all the stuff that's going on around my writing. Mm. Uh, so that means promoting the short film I've just done, which just play, played at Raindance, which is all very exciting, but then you get distracted and you don't do any writing. I have done writing, and I've done writing for other people, but it doesn't feel the same. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel the same as actually sitting down and doing your own stuff and the stuff that really means to you. Um, and so I feel guilty and I feel shamed. But then when I sorry story, yeah. But then when I actually write down the stuff that I'm actually doing, I go actually that that's I sound really busy. What, what yeah. am I talking about? But it just it just feels wrong. That's right. And it's just that nagging sensation in your head going, you sh- you could be writing more and you should be writing more. And now you've got time to work on your project. But just because you've spent two hours working on a soap or whatever, you think, oh, I deserve the next episode of Mad Men to watch after that instead of writing your script. Yeah, but let's just, this is the whole point of today's discussion. So let's just reflect on that, Danny, because part of me says, actually, if you're busy and you're earning and you're doing what you love, Mm -hmm. I don't really see what, What's wrong with that? In fact, I would say, is there more to life than that? You know, most people aren't in that position, and they would, they they, they would sort of kill to be in that position. Aren't we? Aren't we really lucky? And it's only because maybe we've got a feeling the grass is greener. So you're saying, oh, writing soaps or whatever. Yeah. I wish I could get onto my own stuff. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, I wish I was writing that. Yeah. You know, I wish I was doing that instead of. You know, whatever I'm doing a big thing about in, for international business travellers at the minute. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? So the money's good for that, and yeah. it is quite interesting because we're using some new interactive techniques. Mm. But but the audience size of that's going to be quite limited, you know. So that's the frustration around it. So do you see what I'm saying? Perhaps really we should, we're too hard on ourselves. Well, uh, I agree with you in terms of when you're paying the bills, when you're earning, and you're doing what you want to do. That is the best best thing. But in this current climate. Again, what, when we when I describe what I'm doing, it might sound terrific and that I'm really busy, but in fact it's kind of been spaced out. It's mm. so like I haven't worked on the soap now um, since the summer, and since then you've just been worried about paying the bills rather than like, mm. oh, it's okay, I'm paying the bills. So I've been doing some script editing and script reading and talks and all that kind of thing. Um, and that just makes you worry and that can be a distraction as well from your own writing because you just worry yeah that's a wasted energy <laughs> a wasted energy yeah. and uh, and you might lose some confidence and mm. all that kind of stuff um and that's difficult to uh, negotiate sometimes but you just got to get through it uh, and that's the only thing about it do writers too often limit their world what i mean by that is um do they think unless i'm writing you know, a feature, a feature film, or a big TV series. I'm not a writer. Whereas, in fact, there's loads of writing that they could do using their skills. And by their skills, I mean the power of words. I mean telling a good story that engages people, mm. that lets people follow it. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about understanding other people and their characters. Mm. All that good stuff that, in some ways, doesn't come natural to us, but we've worked on for many years. Those skills are dynamite out there in terms of in in politics in journalism in um uh, speech writing in um in in the kind of corporate world in business Th- those are the skills that are required and sometimes we sort of limit ourselves by maybe our goals are too narrow or we're defi- we sort of limit our imagination of our skills a little bit do you, do you see what i'm saying yeah i do 
Um, well, just picking up on that, I think perhaps writers don't think of themselves as a kind of a business, really, their mm. own business. And so it can be easy to get blinkered about the romance of writing, yeah. especially in the film world where you think, I'm writing a script, it's brilliant, it's going to get picked up, or not as the case may be, or the case will be. <laughs> um, or I'm writing my TV spec, or I'm working on a TV show, whatever it is. But you've got, if you look sideways at yourself in terms of, if I'm a business now, which you are, if you are a freelance person, what are you doing to either promote yourself or what are you doing to learn about how to network yourself or mm. to uh, about new technology that's happening, about being a bit more proactive? Uh, do you know um, the opportunities that are happening, the latest producers that are emerging, all of that kind of thing? Uh, and like we said off mic before we started, it's like now we know all of the people out there in terms of networking because of Twitter and blogs and all the rest of it. Mm. So there's there's no real new faces <laughs> yeah. that we see on our feeds or on our comments or whatever. It's like, oh, we know them. Um, so it's, how do you find that new audience? How do you find that new, um, new networking opportunities? And so you have to be proactive about your own work instead of it just sitting there what do you mean by proactive? Because it might I might mean something different by that, and people listening might mean a third thing. What do you, what's your definition, or what do you think are activities that involve being proactive? Well, uh, for me, it's like you write something and you either send it out or it stays on your computer, and you could say that's all I can do. Um, and I think in this day and age, and with all the technology we have at our, our fingertips, we can be a lot more proactive about ourselves and how you get the work out there. So what I mean is um, just kind of using your energy and using your creative kind of enthusiasm to say, I'm not going to be defined by the industry um, getting back to me with either a kind rejection letter or even a meeting or whatever, because even meetings, while positive, don't really mean very much in mm. the end. Mm. So it's like, how can I always maintain that ongoing kind of momentum that kind of ins keeps inspiring me to work but also will improve my profile or will improve my chances mm. of, of getting stuff picked up and so that leads us into kind of what you can do which is like do a read through of your script try and stage um, a play a local mm. play of your script mm. um, a friend of ours Piers Beckley he did his own radio play Right and, right, and got it recorded and, right. and, you know, excellent. So he had something different yes. to give to people instead of just a script, which yeah. everybody looks at and goes, yeah. Mm, yeah, I'll get to it. But I, I want to go further than what you're saying. Though, go for Dan, it, Because yeah. you're, you're saying, that's why I asked you what you mean by practice, because I think there's a, a, a way even further than that. Yeah. Just to really think about where you are in a much more positive position, because I think even what you're saying is, I'll do these activities because it'll put me to the front of the queue. Mm. I'm saying get out of the queue. Yeah. So I'm saying stop being in that subservient position mm -hmm. where you're sending stuff out. I mean, look, the funny bit is we've written our notes here about the podcast on the back of my BBC Writer's Room rejection letter. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're making proactive use of a negative yeah. thing. Yeah. Actually, I want to just say quickly, off topic, but that I thought it was a good feedback. I'm really pleased with it the writer's is, room. Because I'm, I'm not... I've not really gone into the writer's room much, yeah. but I've got to say, I've got a full page of A4 
feedback here. Got one, I two, agree three. with it. Yeah, it's good constructive it's stuff. It's good constructive stuff and it's not cost me anything. And that's really worth celebrating. And I yeah. think a lot of writers moan about the writer's room. But that's really positive thing to supplement Absolutely. my writing. Anyway, um, no, we can go much much further and stop sort of relying on these letters. Yeah. And stop thinking everything we do, oh, that'll look good to a producer. Mm. Well, stop worrying about that. Mm. Start really thinking about what's going to look good to the audience. Yeah. Because they're the ultimate boss. So, you know, what do you think the audience are going to want? How do you tell them about it? How do you lift demand for it? What's all this kind of... Oh, I'm only a writer. Tug me further. I'm, I'm, I'm acting it out, so none of you guys can see. But I'm, tug, I'm tugging. I'm I'm tugging my fictional hat to the master of the manor. You know, but he really like, is. He really is. <laughs> you know, stop being in that position. Yeah. And and start actually thinking. Right. No, I'm doing this for my. I'm doing this for myself. I'm in charge of my own destiny. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell these people about it. I'm going to get on with it and being your own producer in a way. Yes. No. I would agree with that because it's like uh, it's taking things under your own control and being responsible for your for yourself. Yeah. And I don't mean um, try and ingratiate yourself to the industry by being proactive and doing a play or doing whatever. You have to do it if it interests you. Yes. If, if it excites you. Yes. I mean, half the stuff that we've done in promoting ourselves, like even with this podcast and with our blogs and all the rest of it, we do because we enjoyed it. Well, we wanted to you can't it. underestimate that. I mean, I said, I said before, I went to the um, a, a talk by uh, with uh, Chris Anderson, who who runs the TED conferences. Yeah, and he said all he's done in his life is he's followed passionate people. So he started off by running, um, he set up uh, Future Publishing, and they did all the early stuff like Amstrad user those magazines. Mm. Now, which the ninety nine percent of the audience of the public are the world's most boring magazine. Mm. But to the 1% hardcore fans, they're gold dust because there is no community, remember, before the internet. Then he said, then he went over to TED because he thought when people went there, it was the most exciting thing that they went to all year. Mm. So he didn't care how to be involved. He knew he wanted to be involved. Now, I really took that on board. I felt, yeah, this is right. Because unless you've got that passion for something... I don't see how you can ever convince anyone else it's a good idea. Exactly. If you don't love it, why should anyone else? And you know what? You can't lose by that position. No. Because if no one else loves it, well, you know, who cares? At least I enjoyed it. Exactly. But on the other hand, if you write your scripts and they are very, very good, you know, the chances are somebody will notice your talent and invite you for a meeting and you might get work or you might get that script made. And away your career goes and you don't have mm. to be dancing around any other kind of social media or trying to promote yourself here and there and everywhere. But the reality is, unfortunately, is that the market is just oversaturated with writers and continuously new writers, you know, graduate screenwriters every year, thousands of them. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. are all trained very well in terms of what, you know, the theory, the knowledge, the craft, you know, Red Planet Prize scripts come in. You can see people are writing very well. Yeah. And so you got to think to yourself, okay, how can I, well, this is what I think to myself, mm. how can I stick out from the crowd? Not just write a great script. Mm. I've got to do something else to go, yes. yes, I can write a great script, but I'm taking more control over my work somehow if I can. Yeah. And go, let me show you more. Um, well, I think that's the, exactly the word, show. Mm. Because I think we're drawn to people that are doing interesting things. What Are you doing something that's so interesting that people want to be a part of it? Yeah. That's what your goal should be. Not what are you jumping through the hoops. 
forget the damn hoops. Do do your own hoop thing over here. Yep. You know, do the hula hoop out, pick a hula hoop up and start spinning it around your head over here. People yep. go, what's this crazy Danny Stack doing here? You yep. know, it's so awesome. I've forgotten about the hoops. Mm. It's so cool. Yeah. That's your goal. That, to me, it's like, it's it's getting out of the system and doing your own crazy shit. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to do Mr. Vista, just because it was silly. Yeah. And it didn't have, I didn't have a reason to do it. That was enough for me. Yeah. Well, I think there you go. I mean, one of the most popular questions that get asked screenwriters at panel talks or whatever it might be is how did you break into the industry mm. which is what everybody wants to know mm. and everybody kind of leans forward in their chair yes and it's it's the the answers are always different and, yeah. and the kind of the the message is everybody finds their own path it's different for everybody yeah but because could, they're following their own kind of yeah mojo would, yeah because the point is not how do you break into the industry mm. it's about how do you sh reshape the industry so you're now inside it yeah yeah exactly that's that's the people that are successful mm. they don't try and break in they try and say i'm doing this over here and the industry like a kind of a blob you know kind of absorbs them and is now a different shape yeah meanwhile there's the squares that are still doing the same old thing. This is the way they our tutor said we should do it. <laughs> yeah, they're squeezed out of the industry. Yeah. Or the people that have been writing 20 years and have not changed or kept up to date. Yeah. They would, We're they not laughing at tutors, by the way. Are <laughs> <laughs> then. Yeah. It's a big source of we income are, for me. We are two or three times a year. Right, Danny, let's have a talk about one of the big ways that's in the in the kind of the chat a lot of these days for making a noise out there yeah. which is if you're a writer to take the leap and become a director and a producer as well and make a short film yes you've done this quite recently i mean this the big thing for me is as well about the whole be proactive thing is that writers generally get badly treated or get kind of condescended towards or whatever it might be it's like they don't have the power mm. so if you can just kind of have a hyphen or a dash after writer like a writer stroke producer mm. writer hyphen director that's going to give more string to your bow and it's very important i think and it's i thought it was the ideal way to kind of step forward and go you think that script is good let me show you kind of what i can do now as a director mm. Um, so I've just done it. I've just done a film, a short film, um, which I filmed last year, but I only finished this year post-production-wise. And it's got into a couple of festivals so far. It filmed recently in Rain Dance, which is very mm. exciting. But my intention for doing this short is a bit different to your intention towards shorts, isn't it? My intention was to really do something for my career, to kind of stick my head up and go, this is what I've got, you should come and see... Uh, and I really wanted to advance my possibilities for work mm. and to get more work possibly as a director, all of those things. Tim, on the other hand, has made approximately 50 short films that we know of. That we <laughs> yeah, we tried to count them out, but we sort of lost count a little bit. And to me, I mean, no disrespect to what you've done, Tim, but it's just like that's hobby filmmaking, really. And I wanted to cut through it and just get to the point and go, yeah. this is professional filmmaking I should be taking seriously yeah you on your very first almost your very first one got nominated for a BAFTA yeah. which is fantastic yeah but but you just kind of continued making short films after that yeah I mean a lot of them have been so like four of them were for the BBC um one was for ITV so some of them are commissions mm -hmm. so you know you go with the commission if you see what I'm saying what, yeah. you, what you're told to do other one like Mr. Vista, that's a big clump of them there. 
and the others are odds and sods that I've done along the way. But yeah, they do add up, don't they? <laughs> but the point is, though, Danny, I, I, this is true. This is you, what you say is absolutely correct, and it doesn't tick a career goal for me. But well, it I doesn't. Like it doesn't. Them. It doesn't. Yeah, but I like doing them. You like doing them, and I like experimenting with different ideas and different storytelling techniques. Yeah, it's what you're all about, really. And it's what I'm about, and it's what I like to do. Now, is it the canny way of doing it? Is it the sort of smart way to fit into the industry? I would say no, it isn't. Mm. Uh, however, you know, I do try and bring some business to bear on it. So, for instance, when we were doing the Mr. Vista thing, we worked out a schedule, how much can we do to do each one. Mm-hmm. So remember, we do about, we film about six or seven in a day. Yeah. And that, that through that kind of quantity, they do break even, those films. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people online whose films break even. If not, just maybe creep into a teeny bit of profit in the end, or hopefully the next year they will do now. And I don't know anyone else in that position. Mm-hmm. So I do it because it feels like a good thing to do and I enjoy it. Yeah. Plus, I think I do learn things along the way from doing it. But the reason that I think this is a good discussion is we're right at the... You're correct. We're right at the polar opposites. I mean, your short, to me, is like really, really top quality short that unfortunately we don't see enough of these days. Yeah. You know, it's shot on film. It really looks the part. Proper acting in it. Uh, good story. Proper locations. Everything's done. Top rate. Good post-production. Oh, thanks, Tim. Now, me, <laughs> I knock something out and do it quick, quick and dirty, get it online, and it's for the online format, most yeah. of them, except for the broadcast ones, but they're for the online world, not for the festival world. Yeah. So it's a different market altogether. But either way, let's join those things together. Yeah. What have you learned as a writer from doing your short, and would you recommend people listening to this that are thinking about getting involved into making films should they do it oh definitely i recommend that all writers should direct and direct at least once just to give it a go so you understand the process of what the director goes through but also just to see you know how the system works and you'll either love it or you'll hate it and it doesn't really matter i think all writers should just give it a go you've already directed it in a way on page you know Mm. you've written what the visuals are um, so you should know what the visuals should be when you go on set. And anyway, a, a DOP will help you if mm. you've got a good DOP. Um, so I think there's a couple of things said to me recently which really kind of annoyed me. I was at a, a story engine in Newcastle uh, oh, yeah. early, earlier this year. Yeah. And, and I was on a panel when I, I said this very same thing that all writers should direct. Yeah. And there was two people on the panel with me who weren't writers and they laughed at me and they laughed at the notion that writers should direct. And, mm. I, and, you know, um, <laughs> so I felt a bit bad about suggesting it, but I, st- I still hold firm. It's just like, just give it a go. You'll, ha- you'll either have a load of fun or a load of stress and you'll know, just leave the scripts to the director or yeah. I must direct again. In my in my cert- experience, it's like, I have to direct again. Well, I again. think they're wrong to laugh. And it I was. You, I'll tell you but for also, why they're wrong. I'll tell you for why, Danny, because most directors have tried to write that's private and exactly. they've not shared it because exactly. it's a load of rubbish. Exactly. And that's why, you know, if you can get control as a writer and show that you can do it in the other well-regarded areas, like mm. directing, um, then that will give you more kind of respect. But also at the uh, at the Raindance Festival, I met a guy, I met a director of a short that I liked and I said to him, 
oh, I liked your short. And he introduced me to the writer and I just made a kind of joke, really, going, oh, it's where all the hard work really is. It's in the writing. And the director said, I think he was only half joking because he did say it quite seriously. He said, well, you know, you're welcome kind of just to read the script and just kind of stare at the words, you know, uh, for a while, uh, for 10 minutes, and you're more than welcome to do it. And I just thought, he's not really joking. He's really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He really thinks I've done the hard work here and I'm not saying directors mm. don't do the hard work but I think I mean, in my limited experience writing is more difficult than yes. directing because with directing even on my short I did it with a professional crew I had so much help yeah so much help so even when my head was a blur with going what am I doing next yeah, yeah. there was a first AD whispering in my ear going yeah, 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 it's this yeah, shot yeah, do you remember and I'm like yeah. oh thank god thank you yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. the DOP going but do you think in some ways Danny you might not have learnt as much with all that support or do you think that that was the support you needed in, in order to get that day to day stuff out of the way so you could concentrate on the learning and the experience of the storytelling Yes. You, do you know what I mean? Well, I did. I mean, I learned. It was like a film school for me, really. I okay, yes. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I paid yeah. for a film school. True, yeah. And I got what I wanted in terms of what a professional film yes. that I wanted in terms of yeah. mini features. As as yes, it is. It is indeed. Um, but I still go back to that idea, though. <coughs> you know, you talk about doing doing it again. And this will be the last time I say this, right? This time. But, you know, you're doing your film again to try and convince other producers that you're. Again, it's jumping through hoops. Yeah. I'm just saying I think you should do shorts because you love storytelling, because you want to get that story mm. out there, because it's important to you, because you've got something to say. Yeah. I just come back to that idea. I think the successful writers are ones that are... The writing's part of it. It's just the conduit for their spirit, their energy, and their stories. Mm. It's not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? They don't just want to be a writer because it's cool. Yeah. Because they want to say something. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Should but, we have a? Are you are you happy to move? Yeah, move no, on, I was just mate, go, I was going to say <laughs> that that film you got nominated for a BAFTA with. Yes. Who was that with again? Stephen Dolgy. Stephen Dolgy. What's what, what happened to him? Whatever happened to him? Maybe he'll come good, hey? You know, here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> he hasn't got a podcast. He hasn't now. got a podcast. He hasn't even got a podcast. <laughs> so there you go. You know. <laughs> Oh, me and Danny's just been listening back to the podcast and I just wanted to make a point, jump in here, about money. So Danny's film costs quite a bit of budget because he shot on film. A lot of mine take a lot of high-end post-production. Mr Vista and so on's done on a big edit suite and I do that for a living, so that's fine. You don't need either of those two things. If you're a good storyteller, and you should be if you're one of our fans, then um, you know, you've got that storytelling skills. Get hold of a cheap camera with a movie function on it get hold of uh, iMovie another three a free bit of editing software and just do it on your laptop do it on your pc and you can get your short out there you can get it on youtube so that's free as well there's no barrier to success danny do you agree what tim said right let's have a talk about reviews reviews that bit. we'll end on that bit everyone yeah. loves that bit um yeah so we're going to review uh film wise social network which i've seen but tim hasn't no and uh, on Channel 4 recently, The Event. Yes. Uh, or should we call The Non-Event, maybe? I don't 22 know. episodes of some sort of mystery, J.J. Abrams style that slowly reveals itself. That's what it's about, it Danny. Is. It doesn't actually matter what the actual No, no, I was going to say, but it's like it's a conspiracy <laughs> thriller. In the, in the mould of Lost and Flash Forward. But what it is... Here's Tim's opinion. Yes. First of all, I absolutely love the title sequence. It had a lovely Saul Bass 
feel about it. Oh, if you yeah, the letters. Basses, the letters, yeah, yeah. The yeah. lovely North by Northwest style to yeah. it. And actually, that theme continues through it. The best bits of it were the actual old-fashioned Hitchcock style, not as a writer, he's not a writer, obviously, but the, the, the style that he loved of a thriller. The kind of the missing... My girlfriend's missing and everyone denies it. Yeah. That really sort of the girlfriend who was never there. Yeah. Style of it, I really, really enjoyed. Okay. Some of the more silly Nate bits of it, I didn't really enjoy because I'm bored of that now. Yeah. With heroes and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I felt actually I wish for a pure old-fashioned thriller, actually. I was sort of, you know, hoping there'd be more of that action in there. Are, Are you going to stick with it? There was a double um, episode on Friday night. I saw two. Yeah. I've seen two episodes. Um, I will stick with it. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure I will. I, will. Um, I mean, to me, it was too like Flash Forward and too like yeah. Lost. And, and it's made by the same studio who did Flash Forward, who cancelled Flash Forward after the first series. And yeah. Flash Forward wasn't perfect by any means. But I was glad I stuck with that because yeah. it was still fun for what it was. Yeah. Then came the non-linear narrative. Yes. Which, in this instance, is not relevant to the story at all. No. It's used in just a, let's tease you away, let's tease you away, here's yes. another bit. Here's It doesn't feel organic well, or justified like at all. I a few years ago. Well, I, I, I write like that, I love it. But this, it No, it, I did. Right. And I, when I saw it, I, then said, you didn't. To, I said to and my then wife, you did. to that, when we were watching it, I said, I'm not doing that anymore. Because it... It outstayed my welcome on screen, and instantly, of course, you can't write what you're no longer enjoying. So I thought, I've seen that now, I've done it. Yeah. And so I won't be writing any of that non-linear anymore, which is a shame, because I was doing that for quite a few years and loving it. Well, I'm not doing it now. I do it with some of my scripts, some of my best scripts I do it with. Well, don't um, do it anymore, Danny, it's well, finished, mate. But the thing with the event was, it was jumping around like a blue-ass fly. I didn't know where it was going. It was... Th- 23 minutes before the present day it was five yeah, years yeah, before yeah, 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 it was yeah, two yeah. weeks but it was five months ago it was just like okay you're doing it with a style and assurance but at the same yeah. time it's silly and, and unnecessary and that's why yeah, I but just you can, you can actually have fun with that so I remember you, you, you obviously do remember it because you read it a number of times Danny and helped me with it but start of my feature circumference is like it starts with one million years ago <laughs> I think there's fun to be had with that format still by yeah, twigging yeah. around with Charlie it. Charlie Kaufman, you are not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as the non-linear stuff leads us in nicely to Social Network yes. by Aaron Sorkin because um, he uses non-linear narrative quite a lot. And what annoys me about film reviewers and anybody who talks about Aaron Sorkin is they just talk about his dialogue. Right. Um, which is quite right, really, because his dialogue is brilliant. It's very stylized. It's very sn- snappy. It's very intelligent. And you just have to keep up. And, and But what he's really good at is nonlinear structure. Mm. And he's been doing it since The West Wing. In fact, he's a master at it. If you look at it, there's one episode in The West Wing in particular where I think it's about the president's relationship with his secretary and how he met her when he was a teenager and stuff. I think it might be the episode where it ends him having a go at God in the cathedral. Right. And it's just masterful, really bold storytelling and it's perfectly transitioned. Yes. And it all it's all got a purpose of why you're cutting back to the present day and why you're cutting back yeah. to the So it it's there to support the story. Exactly. It's not there just to hide plot holes that will be filled in <laughs> later 
but they don't want to do it now because there's a commercial break coming. Exactly. Yeah. And oh, so okay. with the social network telling the story of how uh, Facebook was founded, he cuts between three lawsuits that Mark Zuckerberg oh, is, is right, facing. Right, 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 but right. also he's cutting between the past and present of the various incident that occurred. Yeah. And it's all masterfully done in terms yeah. of you don't feel it, you don't feel confused and you feel it's totally justified. In fact, you might even be aware of it while you're watching it anyway because you're just enjoying the story and the acting. Great, right, we're going to have to draw that to a close now. Radio. Danny, time's run out again. Finito. So we'll have to put back the comic book guy that I want to talk about again yeah. for another month. <laughs> but uh, before the month is out, hopefully we'll see loads of people at the festival come and say hi when you see me and Danny around. Yes. We might try and capture a few friendly voices. On, on the iPhone if or something, if we can do that, we'll do. see what happens. Yeah. Um, let's just uh, remind people where they can find out more about what we're up to and uh, where they can find the podcast, Danny. Uh, well, we've got our own blogs, which is dannystack.blogspot.com and projectorfilms.blogspot.com. Correct. Uh, and then you get to listen to the podcast at the podcast website, which is ukscriptwriters.com. Automatic.com. That's right. Check us out on there. And we're also on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and then um, on a PC or a Mac and go to uh, podcast sections and type in um, uh, script, script writers, writers. then uh, we'll obviously you'll find us straight away. Give us a review or rate us if you want to. Uh, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. There's a Facebook group. Some discussions going on there. Some links and all sorts of things being shared. So just check us out if you can, if you want to. Uh, there are a couple of other podcasts that I've found in terms of UK screenwriting. Uh, the Writers Guild has a UK screenwriting kind of interviews or feature podcast thing, which is worth checking out. It's on iTunes as well. Um, that's the only one I can think of, actually. I said a couple, didn't I? Never that's mind. all right. We'll let you off. We'll let you off. You can come back with that next time. Cool. All right. So we'll see everyone uh, shortly. Time. Yeah. Bye now. Bye.